Well, I am so excited about today's topic. I'm going to geek out today more than usual, if you can imagine that. This topic is one of my favorites. It's been one of my favorites for years. We're talking YouTube ads, and I have a YouTube ad expert on the show today. And uh, we actually met through my business partner, Chris Brewer, uh, the man himself. Uh, Chris heard my guest today speaking at War Room. And was blown away, and he's like, "Brett, I know you're the YouTube guy, but you you gotta you gotta hear from Brian." And so, uh, Brian and I connected instantly, hit it off, you know, kindred spirits on the the YouTube side of things. This episode of the E-Commerce Evolution Podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce Resources. That's right, here at OMG Commerce, we want to help make sure you're educated and in the know to capitalize on the latest tips tricks, and strategies to help you grow your e-commerce business. So if you go to omgcommerce.com and under resources, click on guides, we have some cutting edge free information for you on things like how to dominate with Amazon DSP ads or how to use Amazon sponsor brand video ads and how to craft the perfect ad. We have several guides on how to capitalize on YouTube ads from creating the perfect ad to knowing when you're ready to scale. Plus there's the newly updated Google shopping guide plus more. Check it all out at omgcommerce.com and click on guides under resources. And now back to the show. I'm delighted to welcome to the show Brian Moncada. And uh, Brian is the founder, the visionary, the leader of adspin.com. Fantastic URL. So with that quick intro, Brian, welcome to the show. How you doing, man? And uh, thanks for taking the time. Dude, Brett, thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to be here and I am doing phenomenal. <laughs> yes. Uh, we were just talking about this. I don't know what time of the year you'll be listening to this podcast because this will be, you know, have some longevity. I'm in the Midwest. It's literally snowing and sleeting outside right now. And Brian is in Miami, just just living it up. What's the weather like in Miami today, Brian? Just make oh. us all feel bad for those. That yeah, are I don't want to hurt your feelings, but it's it's beautiful. It's seventy eight degrees, and it's sunny, and it's nice. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the forecast. The forecast for this podcast is going to be hot. And so we're going <laughs> to dive in to YouTube, and so let's let's talk about this, Brian, because. You know, a lot of the clients that we talk to, and, then, and just to kind of set this up a little bit better, this this will be, I think, a unique perspective on YouTube, the two of us together, mm -hmm. because uh, myself and, and my agency, OMG Commerce, we're all e-com, uh, right? So we, we're, we're 50 people strong and, and you know, growing, but, but all e-com. You're all legion and info marketing and working with influencers. And then so really those two unique perspectives, I think will be go great. I think it'll be gold for the listeners. And so, uh, before we dive in, can you kind of give everybody a background? Like, how, how did you how did you become YouTube expert? How did that happen? Yeah, great question. So, about almost four years ago now, I went to work for Dean Graziosi full time. Um, at the time, he was not running any YouTube ads. I actually got hired on to run Facebook ads. And um, about two or three months into my journey with him, they're like, "Hey, man, YouTube ads is an untapped traffic source for us. You should learn YouTube ads." I learned YouTube ads through, um, actually, I bought a course from Tom Breeze and Russell Brunson. Tom Breeze. Yeah. He's friend of the show, guy. friend of mine, just a legend. Love Tom. Yeah, I love Tom as well. And I got their, their course that he did with uh, Russell Brunson. I, you know, ran some ad spend through that course. Then I got consulting with Tommy Powers, another OG in the YouTube ad space. I know Tommy as well. Yep. Good friend. Good guy. Yeah. And so uh, after that, I was able to, you know, successfully uh, scale Dean's free plus shipping book funnel, Millionaire Success Habits. 
um, to multiple seven figures in revenue, run a few other YouTube ad campaigns through his businesses, including mastermind.com with you know Tony Robbins and Russell Brunson. And then after that, I started adspend.com to essentially do the same thing, but for another wide variety of entrepreneurs who need help getting more leads with their business and YouTube ads. So, um, you know, that was about two years ago going full-time for adspend.com. So uh, we've grown, we've grown pretty well since. Amazing, Brian. Yeah, really great story. And, and you've, you've worked with some big names in the industry, tremendous track record. You get invited to speak at places. I mentioned War Room. I know you've spoken at their events. And, and so really delighted to have you on, on the show. So let, let's talk about, let's talk about kind of the, the differences between Facebook and YouTube. So let's do a little compare and contrast. So in, in what ways, in what ways is YouTube different from Facebook? And then I also want to kind of dive into, you know, maybe where you feel like YouTube's a little better than Facebook. So let's start with the differences though first. Yeah, differences, I mean, very plainly, right? Like YouTube is a search, you know, intent-based platform, right? With YouTube ads, right, you can actually target people that are searching for specific keywords or intent-based queries that you can go ahead and show your ads in front of, right? And also it's an education and entertainment platform, right? With YouTube, right, I don't think anybody here goes to YouTube to, you know, find if their friends are online, right? That's what Facebook's for. Facebook is a social platform to interact with friends. And, you know, basically I, I like to refer to it as like high school, right? You go in there, it's kind of like a, a, a very good like drama show sometimes. People are going back and forth. They're liking statuses. It's a talent show. But then YouTube, it's like college because people go there to learn or to be entertained, right? And, you know, Tom Breeze, what we just talked about, put it in a very good way, right? You want to create edutainment for YouTube. So edutainment, YouTube, love it. <laughs> exactly, and with YouTube, right, like you're going there to watch videos of your favorite influencer or your favorite uh, brand and, or learn how to do specific things. Like the other day, right, I'm in Miami, right? I have plants, a bunch of snake plants, and there's gnats that sometimes infect your plants, which I didn't know. And so I went to YouTube to search how to kill gnats in my snake plants. And I was able to find a video specifically about how to spray your plants to kill your gnats. And that ultimately is what separates YouTube from Facebook, right? Being able to watch videos to solve problems and to also be entertained. It's the new TV. And with Facebook, you can't really find those specific answers to those problems that you have, right? When you have a question, right? When you wanna solve a problem, you don't go to Facebook to search for answers. You go to YouTube or you go to Google. And so that's really the main difference. And I'm sure you have other uh, suggestions as well, Brett. Yeah, I'll, I'll just kind of kind of riff on that just a little bit. But so, you, so you're researching on YouTube how to kill these gnats. What a, what a perfect time for someone either who has an information play to, mm -hmm. to run an ad, to, to place an ad in front of that video, pointing you to a resource or some information that they then monetize in some way, or a product, like, hey, here's a quick, easy, I don't know what you would use, spray, trap, something, <laughs> net, you know, to kill these gnats. Like, that would be a great time to put that ad right there. And yeah, intent, the intent signals are available on YouTube because, you know, YouTube owns Google and it's got all those intent signals. And what a powerful thing, you know. Uh, Facebook knows a lot about you too, but Google and, and YouTube argue, arguably knows as much or more. And uh, you've got the uh, just a different reason why you're going to YouTube. So I lo love the way you you kind of frame that. Uh, what what are some other differences between YouTube and, and Facebook that you've identified? 
Other differences specifically is just with, with YouTube, right? Like it's just a better quality buyer, right? It's a better quality customer, specifically when it comes to return on ad spend, right? The platform itself, in my experience, almost every time leads to a better quality buyer, right? Because again, using the reference of the high school and college, right? People on YouTube, they typically cost more, right? When you're running ads to them, but they also have a higher LTV from my experience in the online education course and coaching space for your business. And the reason why is because it's more intent based, right? Like you were just saying earlier, if someone had put an info product in front of me, as I was clicking on this video on how to kill mats, I probably would have clicked. And if it was an offer that was super irresistible, I probably would have downloaded it. I probably would have bought it because I needed to solve the problem fast. I had a pain point that was, I want to kill these gnats. So I don't have to worry about gnats flying around my apartment so I can make sure my plants are safe and I don't have to deal with the stress that comes with, you know, clapping my hands and killing gnats every single time I see one. And that's why YouTube is so powerful, right? Where Facebook, like you said, does work and is great. However, YouTube also has a lot more scale because there's just so, it's, it's the number two search engine in the world, right? The number two search engine in the entire world. And if you can crack the code on YouTube, your scale is a lot more uh, prone than just Facebook, right? Because Facebook, you can only get to a certain amount of scale for, uh, unless your offer is just so broad, right? Because you can see results faster on Facebook, if you, especially if you have a niche offer, from my experience. But what happens if you try to go scale, if your offer is not broad enough, it's never gonna appeal to a wide variety of audiences. With YouTube, what we found is if your offer is still niche, but enough, uh, but at least broad enough, Right? Your targeting can be a little bit more broad as well and really allow you to get those jaw-dropping return on ad spends, unlike Facebook and dealing with the ad disapprovals and you know, the constant headache of sometimes that you experience with you know, having to go through ad rep and email support, where YouTube, you get a little bit more support as well and more consistency is the biggest thing as far as differences from what I've seen. And I'm sure you have others as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I love that, and and I think one thing to keep in mind too is that that you know Facebook and, and this this has started a few years ago. Facebook has to limit the number of ads that they put in the newsfeed, right? There, there's a limited amount of inventory uh, in the newsfeed to keep people coming back to Facebook. When you look at YouTube and just the sheer volume of videos that are there, and when you also look at the fact that when someone visits YouTube. That average session duration is like 40 minutes. Yeah. People are spending a lot of time on, on YouTube. The level of inventory is almost unlimited. And you mentioned it, and you're spot on. It's, it's the second most popular search engine behind Google. And you may think, well, wait a minute, it's not a search engine. It's not. It's a video sharing site. But people use it just like you did to, to solve your, your gnat infestation problem. Uh, you, go, you go to YouTube when you're trying to find stuff, learn stuff, buy stuff, things like that. And so uh, really the scale is huge. So you can be really, really focused and niche, like, you know, how to solve this gnat problem or, or you know, how to fix this issue with my lawnmower or whatever, uh, or you can be really broad. And, and so you've got, you've got the ability to be laser focused and the ability to, to scale on YouTube, which is pretty unique and uh, really not anything else like it. Now, yeah. Brian, you, you mentioned something and you, you talked about how it's kind of the new, the new TV. I think that's actually a pretty good segue to talk about creatives, right? So mm -hmm. how do you, how do you look at, how do you frame creatives for YouTube when you're talking to clients or when, you, when you're teaching this from stage? Yeah, great question. So as far as like a holistic overview of creatives, right? Your, your ads on YouTube have to be two things, right? Like I talked about earlier, they have to be educational and they have to be 
entertaining to some degree, right? Because ultimately, if you're trying to sell to another business owner, right, they don't have to be as uh, as entertaining as someone who's trying to interrupt the you know uh, binge watching routine of someone who's trying to watch their favorite influencer to sell them something they've never thought of selling them. Whereas if I'm going to sell to somebody who wants to run YouTube ads for their high ticket coaching and course business, I need to hit them with a very powerful hook, right? Keep their attention by sharing something valuable that they can use, whether they click or don't. And then ultimately give them a call to action so that they can click and learn more about our solution, our offer. And so with creatives, right, just to back up here, again, those two things, educational, entertaining, okay, educational and entertaining. And so that may seem pretty crazy because the biggest thing and myth that people have in their head is, well, I have to film videos, like that's going to take a lot of work, right? I have to, you know, get a production team, I have to hire a videographer and all of those you know, myths that people believe when in reality, all it takes to get a high performing creative on YouTube is you have a really good phone and camera in your hand right now, probably. It's an iPhone. It's probably the best camera quality that most people have access to in the entire world. And as long as you have good lighting and good audio quality, everything else takes care of itself in terms of the script, right? You need a good high converting script. You need a hook. You need a story or a body, depending on what you're selling to, and you need to make an offer at the end, right? So hook, story, close is the format that we teach our clients. And we always write five hooks for our clients with a different variety of angles in terms of the hook, which are usually from zero to 15 seconds. And then the story, which is the educational and entertaining piece of the body. And then the call to action at the very end, which is the offer. So um, that's the framework. And ultimately, in between, right, you must be able to share some educational content with the viewer and, right, entertain them by keeping their attention if you're selling B2C as well. So I hope that answers your question, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. And so I want to dive into a few things there. I'll start with the iPhone, though, because I don't want to forget this part. So I've got the iPhone. This is the, uh, the, the 12S. Bro, I don't remember uh, Max, but uh, you know I, I like the new I like the new video the new uh, iPhone commercial that says Hollywood in your pocket, right? And that's yeah. really accurate. Like you can create good quality videos from your iPhone, especially if you're pitching information or you're an influencer. I think sometimes they work best that way. On the product side, so on the e-com side, some of the most successful videos, we've spent millions and millions of dollars on videos that are just a mashup of different UGC, of of Mm. customer testimonials. Or or for an automotive client, we had a whole bunch of, like a mashup of people walking around their vehicle and showing this accessory that that we were advertising. And and it was brilliant. It worked. And we spent millions on it. And so, so yeah, you don't have to spend a ton. This could be your your camera for your, your YouTube video. Uh, the other thing I want to mention, I want, I want to key in on both entertainment and education. And I love the fact that you brought up both of those and you do need to do both. I think there's this real value that if you educate someone in uh, along the course of your ad, that delivers so much value and it actually creates a stronger connection between you and your prospect, right? Where they, they feel like, man, if you deliver this kind of value in just the ad alone, what are you going to do if I actually do go learn more or do take your course on the info side or what if I do actually buy the product, right? You're going to, I have more faith or more trust that you'll deliver value there because you deliver value in the ad itself. 
Yeah. And then, hey, we all want to watch fun videos, right? We want to go to YouTube. Maybe we are, are there to learn. But we've all experienced a video that was so deadly, dull, and boring that we just, we skipped. We, could, we couldn't tolerate it, right? I, I, I compare it to like accounting class in college. You use the college <laughs> example. I, I was a marketing major. Uh, I respect accounting. I need accounting, right? Running an agency. But um, I had one accounting professor that literally, read the slides. So put PowerPoint slide up on the wall, read the bullet points, just read it. I'm like, this is painful. Everyone was, was fast asleep. Okay. So you can, you can have an educational video that was that style. It's going to bomb, right? You need to have some entertainment, some spice, some, some humor, even something to make people want to keep watching. I want to unpack more of the framework too, but I want to talk about that. How do you kind of strike the balance between education and entertainment? Yeah, that's a great question. So one thing that we always try to do with our clients, especially on the info side, right, is most of them always just overthink the creative in general. So what we try to do is share with them the minimum viable production elements necessary to be able to produce a creative that's going to get some conversions for their business. And so what does that look like in terms of the entertaining? Well, the entertainment comes from, right, making sure that in the actual editing and post-production process, we're adding different elements in there from motion graphics, from you know sound effects, from music that goes along with the tone of the actual ad, right? So that way it's not just, you know, again, using the iPhone example, just filming talking head without any other elements to keep the flow of the video and more importantly, the attention of the viewer. So post-production does come into this a lot. However, from the actual filming side of things, right? The way we make it a little bit more entertaining is the hooks are always filmed in one central location, okay? And then for the body or the story in this case where they're actually sharing value, educating them, we make them film it in a different location. So it sets up the video to be more interactive, right? More interactive by just setting the different setting for the actual story. Now, does there have to be anything in terms of like, you know, making funny jokes or, you know, doing something crazy on camera? Not necessarily, right? Because the script that you write ultimately has to be very punchy, especially now, as you know, right? Because YouTube ads are now penalizing if you're above three minutes. They're upcharging right. you if you have a three-minute right. ad or if you have a, a, an ad that's above three minutes. So you really have to be key with your script and just keep the attention of the viewer. And so again, the way we do that is we have the hooks filmed in one central location. We have the influencer then film the, the body in a different location. And then in terms of the post-production, we add B-roll, we add sound effects, we add music underneath to not overpower the, uh, the actor's voice, but just to keep the user's attention enough to make sure the flow of the script is still entertaining somewhat. But nothing crazy other than that. Yeah, I really like that. And, and so, yeah, you don't have to be stand-up comedian. You don't have to be... Harmon Brothers level humor necessarily, right? And the Harmon Brothers are, are the, it's the group behind Squatty Potty and Poopery and Purple Magic and things like that. <laughs> really, really funny. Also, they're legends. Really funny, really great at selling stuff. You don't have to be that funny, but you do need to think about pace and you do need to think about some of those certain elements that really spice things up. So you talked about post-production. What's so interesting, and this, this would be a great example, and this, the point I'm about to make is not about music, but I'm going to talk about music. If you've ever maybe watched like an action sequence of a movie, without the music, or you watch like the scary scene of a horror movie without the sound, it really loses an element. It's like, well, this doesn't even feel real, right? So sometimes those little elements totally change the emotion of what you're watching. And something would be similar in post-production, 
adding a graphic, adding a sound effect, adding a, a close-up, right? Sometimes just the angle going from a wide to a close-up really changes both the engagement and, and the feel of the, the commercial. And so some of those things are, are, are super, super important. Um, can you talk about uh, hooks just for a little bit? So, so is there... Is there a specific approach you take to hooks? Because I, I'm of the opinion, you know, if you compare hooks and videos kind of to like headlines back in the day of, of print ads or subject lines and emails, you know, the, the hook is the most important part. You got you to deliver on the rest of it too. But how do you approach hooks and what are you thinking about? What are you trying to create when you're, when you're designing a hook? Yeah, great question. So we follow a very specific framework and for, for your audience, right, that has you know, uh, more of the e-commerce, you know, business and background, right? Like the main thing, like these elements will still apply. It's just customizing them to, to their specific business. So what we try to do in the hook, right? The first zero to five seconds of the ad is a pattern interrupt, right? So what's the pattern interrupt, right? Well, you want to make sure that you get their attention and there's a few ways you can do that, all right? So you can, you know, narrow their attention on maybe an object, or you know, by showing them something like a prop, right? So for example, one of our clients, um, Mike Basovic, he actually sells you know, essentially mindset coaching for high-performing CEOs and professionals, but he's also competing with you know, Big Pharma because what he does is he helps them you know, overcome their limiting beliefs. And so one of his ads that we wrote for him was, you know, stop taking pills, stop doing all of these substances to overcome your anxiety. And I was like, man, this would really make it a lot better if you show the pills on the screen in the first five seconds of the ad. So that's exactly what he did. So having a prop to use, if it's relatable to the script or in your case, right, in, in your client's cases, right, having the actual uh, product and, you know, making it the center of focus in the first five seconds in a way that the viewer pays attention to it, right? So you can flash something on the screen that's confusing, right? You can make a shocking statement, Right? You can allude to something that means you know, uh, danger is coming. So for an example, you can drop a big hook like, like that's unique, that's useful, that's ultra specific in terms of the script where it's, you know, in my case, right, going back to the example that we're kind of running with here, is if you're a homeowner that experiences gnats in your plants and you want to get rid of them as fast as possible, right? Well, that's also another pattern interrupt because it's very specific to the person you're targeting, which is beautiful for YouTube ads like we talked about because you can target those specific people watching videos related to how to kill gnats, right? So that's the first five seconds, the pattern interrupt, right? And you want to make sure this is fast paced because you only have five seconds again before they can skip the YouTube ad. Next is the big promise, all right? The big promise, five to 20 seconds, okay? So this is the immediate big promise made after the pattern interrupt. And you're not stating the benefit of the product, right? You're stating the benefit of consuming the rest of the ad, all right? So it's basically your headline, right? So it should hook their attention, you know, build curiosity, feel new, and speak to a specific desire, right? So big promise can mean a number of different things, especially in the e-commerce space, but the big promise of the actual marketing message of the product. All right, then from then on, right, then you go into the big proof, but mainly what we focus on in the hook is just the pattern interrupt and just the big promise. And then we transition to the actual body or the story by usually saying a one-liner, then keep watching this video because I'm gonna show you, right, big promise, right? Or then don't skip this ad because in the next two minutes, 
I'm going to show you, right? And then you allude to the rest of the ad and what they're going to learn by sticking around to watch the video. So for the e-commerce space, right, it could be the same thing with a little bit of a voiceover work, um, just making sure that they continue watching the ad to see more of the product demonstration, for example. So yeah. that's the hook that we focused on with YouTube ads. Love that. And so I'll give a quick example. We're with a client right now of Viome with a, with a V, V-I-O-M-E. And oh, dude, they I just bought their a, product. <laughs> Dude, it's it's fantastic. Uh, I'm on like day 30 of, of using uh, their. So so basically, what it is that they will. Uh, it's a gut health intelligence test. They'll give you personalized food recommendations. So like what you should eat based on what you can metabolize and what your digestive system, what your gut can handle. And then they create personalized supplements for you. It's a brilliant concept. So so this this video we're working on. And uh, the, the hook actually came from them, but we're, we're, we're spicing it up a little bit. I'm going to butcher it a little bit, even though I helped write the script. Uh, but basically, it's like, hey, it, is broccoli really good for you? Like, really? Is it good for everybody? And, you know, like shows broccoli and stuff. And then it says, did you know that actually 49% of people should not eat broccoli? And that's wow. actually true. Uh, and then the other one was like, well, what about kale? There's the most super of superfoods, right? Like, there's nothing more super than kale. Actually, it's only a superfood for 11% of people. Uh, for others, it's okay. For some, some people, shouldn't eat it at all. Uh, as an example, spinach. I should not eat spinach, and I should not Damn. eat broccoli. <laughs> yeah, my body doesn't process it. So, so anyway, that's the hook. And then we said, hey, do you know that like gut health? Gut health actually is tied to anxiety, obesity, uh, uh, inflammation, and diseases. Like so, you unpack this, and you're like, okay, well, right, you got my attention. If I'm either if I'm either suffering from something, or I'm kind of a biohacker, which that's what kind of what I am, and I think you probably are too. Then like you're hooked, like you're in, you know. Yeah. So you get that 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 pattern interrupt and the, and the big promise. I love that. Um, yeah. So that's like the first. So you talk about the pattern interrupt being the first five seconds, which makes sense. That's when the skip button comes on. Big promise is like 15 to 20. Is that what you said? Yeah, 15 to 20 seconds. But what you said is actually a beautiful framework as well because what you're what that script is using is the question, right? Which is also the hook, or yeah. in, this, in this case, the pattern interrupt, right? It's asking sure. them. A question, right? So, and then you're expanding on that question by asking them another question that's really just not general knowledge to the to the mass public, right? Did you know that broccoli can actually be harmful for 49% of people? Like, nobody really knows that as common knowledge. Nobody's talking so, about that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, whoa, like, what is this, right? That's what they're asking themselves now. What is this? And yes. you're just buying five more seconds of their time. So what you just did is a perfect oh, right. example of the pattern interrupt and the hook in general. Cool. All right, and I, and I like how you, I like I like the names you have for these. So so we go from pattern interrupt to big promise to big proof. So talk about the big proof and how you guys approach that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The big proof, man. So that's really also what you can do in the actual uh, hook as well, right? So instead of you know the hook could also be just big proof when it comes to um, you know a specific case study or testimonial world. Did you know like so for your example, right? Like the broccoli. Did you know this can be harmful, right? Forty nine percent of people and the gut biome, right? Like. Well, like for example, Jade here went from, you know, struggling with anxiety, fatigue, right? Restlessness, sleepless nights, his aura ring score in the biohacking case, because people in the biohacking space would probably have an aura ring, uh, was yep. always hitting less than 70 every single night when he woke up, right? To being able to sleep better, eat better, move better, right? Like all these different benefits in terms of proof. Uh, for the actual product, or in this case for Viome, right? For you, it would be something for. That's why we have. That, that's why we make, we created Viome, right? Viome helps average Americans, you know, modern day Americans, improve their gut score by fifty percent within thirty days after taking our free 
or whatever the case may be. It's not free in this case, but after taking yeah. our gut health test, um, you know, uh, which we ship to you as well. So it's that big, pro that big proof, right? After the actual promise to show them, okay, cool. Now here's the product and introduction as well with the proof of, you know, what it actually does for the person. Yeah, spelling that out, spelling out what, what this product actually does for somebody. Awesome. Yeah, just building where, authority. Where guys... Yeah, go ahead. No, just building authority, making sure it's more building authority, authority yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, hugely important. Where, where does, like, social, social proof or UGC, how does that kind of fit into the, the framework for you typically? Yeah, I mean, so what we found on YouTube, right, is like there's, there's really three different styles of ads that we run, right? So for, for UGC and for social proof, right, after we make the proof claim, we're usually dropping one, two, maybe three testimonials right off the bat, right? With actual, you know, user-generated content in terms of transformations, right? If it's in the health and fitness space, for example, or screenshots, if it's in the, you know, business coaching space, for example, with, you know, actual um, income or, or results generated, um, and making sure that we're showing those on the screen or as B-roll when we're talking about that big proof, right? So a lot of the time, the reason why the ads work so well, especially in our space, is because we're showing that proof. So it's very important as we're speaking about a specific claim, we show actual screenshots, we show actual B-roll, especially for building up the authority of the influencer, the authority of the brand, showing them on stage speaking, Right, showing them working with their clients or showing them teaching in front of their camera, their laptop, really making sure that we're showing all the articles they've been featured in, right, too. So it's really making sure all those edits are in place to prove to the viewer that this is worth spending five more seconds of your time listening to because we're an authority figure in this space and we have this you know, big promise and proof that can help potentially you and then you continue into the next part of the actual body. So huge, huge piece for us as well. And especially for you guys, I can imagine like the best ads, like you were saying earlier, like I can imagine how many user-generated content you have access to for Viome, right? Because, you know, I posted on my story like, whoa, like this was my gut score, right? Like this was my, like my, my, uh, my natural age that it tells you as well. So I was like, whoa, they could just take that and they could clip it and they could use me as a case study, right? Yeah, absolutely, and they're doing that, and it's, it's, it's beautiful, and it's brilliant. So we've got big proof. We're building authority. We're doing all the things you mapped out there. Love that. So pattern interrupt, uh, big promise, big proof. What comes next? Yeah, reveal the new opportunity, man. Reveal the new opportunity, right? So, well, you, well first of all, actually, let me back up. You just got to expand on the promise more. So this is where you actually go into the education, right? So go into the education, right? So you basically want to obviously, you know, show them after you build up the authority, right, you know, with us and our clients, right? So for the actual big proof, what we do is, again, we talk, we, they're, they're, they're the face of the brand. So it's like, my name is Brian Moncada. I'm the founder of adspend.com. And our agency books our clients 25 highly qualified sales calls on their calendar every week, guaranteed, or their money back. We spent, million, we spent millions of dollars on YouTube ads. We currently manage $1.6 million a month on YouTube ads traffic alone in the high-ticket coaching and course space. And... And the biggest mistake that I see, right, so now we're going into the education, right? The biggest mistake that I see most people make when it comes to running YouTube ads is, number one, their offer isn't packaged or positioned correctly for the YouTube ads platform. They run the same funnel with the same ads to YouTube, and they just simply don't convert. And they're scratching their heads, why, right? So now I'm going into the education. Well, if someone has tried YouTube ads 
and they haven't had success and they hear me say that, it's like, okay, well, I actually tried that, right? And it didn't work. And then I, go, I get them for the next five seconds, right? So now you're going into the education, right? So educate them on one to three bullet points that can actually help them right now. The second reason why most people fail with YouTube ads is because, because the creative sucks, right? And the creative is how the message from the ad to the funnel is being communicated to the viewer. So if, that's, if that messaging is off or it's not enticing enough, the ads are never gonna convert. And the funnel, or sorry, the funnel's never gonna convert. And the ads are never gonna get clicks to get traffic to your page. So that's why at adspend.com, and then I go into the actual like offer now, the new opportunity, right? What we do, and I really soft CTA that. Um, so again, just the next piece is just the education, right? One to three bullet points that are mistakes people are making, right? Mistakes or other products people use that just simply don't work, right? And just simply are ineffective. And really educating the viewer in two to three sentences max per bullet point so you can get through the ad very quickly. Love it. Love it. And then and then then how do you how do you close the ad? Are there any other elements then to to the framework or how how are you closing out the ad? Yeah, so in that case, we do a soft CTA, right? And if you want to learn more about this, right, you can click the link on or around this YouTube ad. You'll be taken to a page that looks like this, right? So then you show the page, you show the landing page, right? You show exactly what the user is. Let people know what they're getting into, what they're about to see. Overcome the skepticism that way because people still are afraid to click on things, which is totally understandable. So you show them the page they're going to land on. You show them what's going to happen next, right? And then you go back into the, you know, more of the urgency, the scarcity, right? Like the twisting knife, as I like to call it, because again, if they're having a problem and they're looking for a solution or they're in the market for a solution, you got to really make sure that you persuade them to take action, to solve that problem. So we go back to urgency and scarcity now. And the reason why you don't want to wait to take action on this is because if you keep running uh, you, if you keep running Facebook ads, for example, in my case, right, then you're always going to be relying on one traffic source. And what happens if your traffic source or your ad account gets shut down? It's a scary thought, but this happens to a lot of our clients before they started working with us, which ultimately caused tons of stress on their business, right? So you paint a picture of what happens if they don't actually take action right now and click to learn more, right? So urgency, scarcity, twist a knife, another call to action again, So if you're someone who wants to generate 25 highly qualified appointments on your calendar using our done-for-you YouTube ad system, then click the link right now. You'll be taken to that page where you can enter your first name, your email, learn more about how our process works, and speak to us to see if this is a good fit for your business, right? So that's the call to action number two. And then finally, what we do is we do just a sign-off, right? Like, my name is Brian Mongava. I'm the founder of adspend.com. I look forward to speaking with you very soon, right? So you just leave them feeling good as well. That's awesome. It's fantastic. And so we've kind of broken this down, but, you know, really good, good marketing, good advertising has always been the right message to the right person at the right time. Right. Yeah. And then YouTube can really deliver that well, almost better than any other platform. And so we've kind of broken down the right message. And I love I love your framework and I love that you kind of and you tell you were the one voicing that that spot because you kind of just did it here live uh, on the podcast, which was super fun. So we kind of we talked about how to deliver that that right message. Um, we talked a little bit about audience too, because we talked about, you know, in, it's an intent-based platform we're going to yeah. learn or buy or research or whatever. But what what are the audiences that you like to start with and how do you think about audience targeting on YouTube? Great question. So we use what's called intent-based validation, all right? Intent-based validation. And what this is, is a combination of 
different keywords and custom intent audiences. So every single time, no matter what, our agency starts with five campaigns, okay? Five campaigns that are broken up into keywords and custom intent audiences. So what custom intent is, right, is custom intent is you typing in specific keywords and building an audience based off actual keywords people have searched for on Google or YouTube, which is pretty insane if you think about it, right? Because again, going back to like, for example, Viome in this case, you could target people who've searched Viome on Google and show an ad to them the next time they're on YouTube. You can show people an ad the next time they're on YouTube if they've searched for the keyword of how to kill gnats, right? And I could show them my ad. So custom intent is very, very powerful because again, it's an intent-based audience. And we start with that type of targeting first, along with keywords, which keywords are also super powerful because the big thing that used to be working really well a few years ago was video placements and channel placements. And although do, those do still serve a purpose, what we're seeing now, especially in 2022, well, even beyond if you're watching this, custom intent is just way more specific, way more profitable, especially when you're starting out because it's, again, it's your lowest hanging fruit first. People who are already raising their hands saying, hey, I have this problem, right? And you're showing them a solution the next time they're on YouTube. So custom intent and keywords. Those are the two types of targeting we start with always. And of course, I'm not gonna forget about this one here, right? I normally don't mention it because it's pretty obvious, but I'll mention it anyways, remarketing, right? Website visitors, customer lists, okay? People have already visited your site but haven't taken action in your sales funnel. You wanna show them ads that are specific to them to get them to take the next action in your funnel. So remarketing, you know, uh, keywords and custom intent. And of course, right, if you have a YouTube audience, meaning you have subscribers on a channel that you can remarket to as well, we always start with YouTube remarketing, actual website visitors remarketing, and then custom intent and keyword campaigns. Those are your lowest hanging fruit first. We prime your account for scale. And if those work, you can realistically be sure that if you expand out a little bit more, you'll most likely convert. Yeah, as you train the algorithm with those audiences and get your get enough conversion data, then you can really start to expand and and go crazy and experience some of that scale, like we talked about, the scale that, that's really unique to to YouTube. And and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned channel actually YouTube channel because this is something that doesn't apply to everybody. I'd, I'd say most yeah. of the clients we talk to, especially in the e-commerce space, don't have big YouTube channels, but some do. We have a, a competitive barbecue client, which is some of my favorite rubs and spices that that, that they sell. And so they've got this competitive barbecue YouTube channel. Well, there's a lot of people that just watch the channel for the tips. And they don't know about the products. And so that's a great place then for us to, to target people that are subscribers, viewers of the channel and, and get them to buy the products. Uh, one thing I will underscore is that, you know, just like you said, custom intent is all about what someone is actively searching for on Google or on YouTube. And so you, you can enter that conversation that's taking place in someone's brain based on what they're, they're searching for. The keyword campaigns, um, totally agree. We, we love keyword campaigns. Basically, those are contextual, right? So that's mm -hmm. uh, that's gonna if you if you type in you know gut health as a keyword, then Google is gonna put your ad by other content related to gut health. So often the way someone gets there is by searching, uh, but sometimes people, you know, I think I think I've seen that about half of the views on YouTube now come from what YouTube recommends and their, their suggestions and things like that. And so, so those keyword campaigns can be super, super powerful. So I love that combination. I would fully agree with you. Those are great places to start. And then you can kind of 
scale from there. So, so that that's awesome. Um, cool. Other other tips or tricks or things that you like to tell people about YouTube who either don't know much about YouTube or maybe they've tried it and it didn't work? Yeah, great question. Well, nowadays especially, right, like with the amount of videos that are being uploaded on YouTube every single day, like you were mentioning at the very beginning of this podcast, Brett, like there is no reason why if you have even a smaller e-commerce business in this case, right, that you shouldn't at least test a small budget to YouTube ads, right? There's people that can buy your product and are in the market for your solution on YouTube, right? And with 2022 and responsive ads, right, that's the new norm. So you can no longer just show your ads in stream. You have to show your ads on in stream plus Google Display. So a few extra tips for you guys. Make sure when you upload your ads to YouTube, you put a thumbnail because your thumbnail, if you don't have it, is gonna be seen without it and it's gonna look weird. It's gonna take a random screenshot from your video and put that as a thumbnail. You wanna make custom thumbnails for your ads, all right? And you also wanna link your call to action, AKA your you know, landing page in your description of the video, right? And in the first comment of the video. Because if people click on your ad as what's called an in-discovery ad, because there's those videos on the, the right of YouTube, right, when you're watching a video that are suggested videos. And probably a lot of your clients have clicked on them or your viewers have clicked on an ad or a video, not thinking it was an ad because it was in the suggested videos, but it turns out to be an ad. Now, the problem with that is if you don't have your call to action in the description, right, you may have a chance of losing a potential conversion there. So make sure your landing page is in the description. Make sure you pin a comment on the actual ad with another landing, with, the, with your landing page as well. And make sure you have a custom thumbnail that's enticing, right, captivating, really just intriguing for the viewer so that they click and they actually watch the ad. Um, and ultimately, start running YouTube ads. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. So can you talk about thumbnails for a minute? How do you guys approach yeah. thumbnails? Are you, are you mainly just looking for the right frame, the right images that, that will make someone click? Or are you thinking about uh, what, what copy to, to overlay on that thumbnail? Talk, talk through kind of what you look for in a, in a powerful thumbnail. Yeah, so the way the framework we use is if the hook of the video is a specific, like we use the first sentence or the main hook of the actual nice. copy on the thumbnail. So for example, right, for our ads, right, we had um, the main copy of one of our um, ads is like, you know, how to generate an additional six to eight figures in revenue using YouTube ads in our HSD system. So we took a copy of that and we put it in a thumbnail copy, right? how to generate an extra six to eight figures in revenue using HST YouTube ads, right? So the average person, they're gonna wonder what the HST system is or what HST YouTube ads are. Plus, right, we have a, you know, a picture of myself in there, so it's also showing them what they're gonna experience. So, and very simply for your audience, right, we have five to seven words for the actual headline, which you get from the actual hook of the ad, right? Which in your case, for the Viome example we shared earlier, right, is broccoli actually good for you, question mark? That's, that's the thumbnail copy right there. And the picture is probably someone that has broccoli and like this, looking at it. Like I would look yep. something like that would be like a good enticing thumbnail. Um, so we are customizing the thumbnail and the copy based off the hook of the ad. That's the easiest way to do it. Yeah, love that. Love that so much. Well, Brian, we could keep going because this is exceptionally fun for me. I know it's been fun for everybody as well, but we're, we're coming up against time. For those that have been listening and like, dude, I love what Brian is having to say and I would like to, to find out more. Uh, talk about uh, how people can connect with you. What resources do you have and, and what, what should someone do from here? 
Yeah, great question. So the biggest and most important piece of any YouTube ad campaign is the script, right? You need a high converting script, especially if you already have an offer and funnel that's proven, right? So that's the biggest bottleneck that most of our clients experience and well, and maybe you out there experience because you overthink, you know, what do I say? How do I say it? How long does the video have to be? And we've solved that problem by creating what's called our seven figure YouTube ads, video, swipe, file, and script template. And you can get that very easily by going to adspend.com forward slash free dash download. Okay, adspend.com forward slash free dash download. And I'll send Brett the link so he can potentially put it in the notes of the episode and you guys can get that. When you guys do get that, it'll give you our script template that you can literally copy and paste your answers from to create your first five or next five high ROI YouTube ads to start running YouTube ads immediately. Plus, you'll also get our swipe file of five proven ads that have all scaled to the seven figures in revenue uh, path or more to get a really feel of an idea of what different industries are doing. You can see and model those same principles in your YouTube ads that we discussed today. Awesome. I love it, man. I am going to go download that uh, right now. I'm always looking for, uh, I love the idea of a, a script template. I love the idea of a swipe file. Uh, we've created something similar, just a swipe file on, on the e-commerce side. So that's available at omgcommerce.com. If you look at resources and guides, check that out. It's the top top uh, YouTube ad templates and, and examples. Uh, but dude, I can't wait to read your guide and check that out. So I will link to Brian's guide in the show notes. Check that out there. I'm sure you could Google it and find it as well, uh, but I'm excited to, to check it out. So, Brian, uh, this has been fantastic. Any parting words of wisdom? Any final thoughts as we wrap up this chat on YouTube ads? I just want to say thank you, Brett, for having me on. Thank you for letting me share a little bit about YouTube ads. And I know you and I geek out about this stuff a lot anyways, so it was fun uh, masterminding with you and sharing some value to the audience. So thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. And so if you need YouTube help, check out Brian's agency, hit him up, get those free resources, begin that conversation. Uh, Brian, thanks, man. This was awesome. Thank you. Awesome. And as always, thank you for tuning in. We could not do this without you. It'd be a waste of time to do this without you. And so uh, we'd love to hear feedback from you. If you have not left a review on iTunes, please do that. That helps other people find the show. And hey, it makes my day. And so uh, with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session, or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.